Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of Adult Happy Hour. Tonight, I'm so excited because we are going to talk about pussy worship. Welcome everyone. Before we jump into our episode, just want to say a quick word. I am not a sex therapist or a sex educator. I am simply someone who enjoys talking about all things sensuality, eroticism, uh, sexual pleasure, and sexual health. These are messy conversations about sex um, that are necessary in order for us to ensure that we are defining what pleasure means to us. Um, And as this is our first season, we welcome feedback, especially as it pushes us to be more inclusive. In the future, I hope to be able to provide you with a plethora of resources and to have guests on the show who are experts in these topics. We appreciate your patience with us in advance. Tonight's topic is all about vaginal and clitoral pleasure. And honestly, I could write an entire essay on this topic. First, I want to say that we live in a world where female genitalia is debated, lobbied against, condemned, and concealed. It's taboo to talk about and say words like pussy, vulva, cunt, vagina, Kitty and Yoni. I remember even in sex ed, we learned about penis pleasure, like how dicks got hard, how guys would have wet dreams, and even ejaculation. But when it came time to talk about vaginas, we learned about things like periods, childbirthing, not getting pregnant, and STD prevention. We send a lot of subliminal messages to young people about the importance of sexual pleasure. Even the way we conceptualize the act of sex is that a man inserts his penis into a woman, and when he comes, the act of sex is over. Not only does this completely erase queer folks and non-binary folks from the conversation, but it also sends a subliminal message that women or folks with vaginas should not expect sexual pleasure from their partners. So get out your fucking pens and pencils, because tonight we are going to talk in depth about vagina and clit-centered pleasure. Also, I think the focus on penis-centered pleasure is a very Western, white, Christian, male-centric view of sex and gender dynamics. Many Western beliefs on sex are influenced by religion and patriarchy, which uplift things like abstinence and purity while condemning certain sexual acts, especially before marriage. In doing some research for tonight, I learned that many non-English-speaking cultures celebrated and even worshipped the vagina as sacred. For example, in Hindu philosophy, vaginas symbolize the formation of humanity and the ultimate act of creation. For example, in the Kama Sutra, 
It refers to the vagina as the yoni or the sacred area. In Hawaii, the goddess Kapo of fertility detached her own vagina and tossed it at an opponent to distract him. And he ended up chasing her vagina to the end of the earth, effectively resulting in his destruction. And in some African countries, labia stretching, the controversial act of lengthening the labia menorah for the purpose of sexual satisfaction is widely practiced. And in order to truly consider yourself a quote-unquote man, sexually satisfying a woman is pertinent. In other West African tribes, the act of heterosex is not viewed as inserting a penis into a woman, but instead as the vagina swallowing the penis over and over. And I can't help but to think that if we were to practice one of these other views on sex, um, that we might think about sex a little bit differently. And it might change the power dynamics of the relationship that we have with sex. So here are some facts about the vagina that I think everyone should know. First, the clit has over 8,000 nerve endings. That's right, 8,000. So please make sure you stimulate all those nerve endings when you're having sex with someone who has a clitoris. Uh, Second, the outer part of the anatomy, like what you can see when you look at the what we call the vagina, is actually called the vulva. The vagina or the vaginal tunnel is the inner part where you insert things like a penis, a strap, toys, fingers, or whatever suits your fancy. I don't judge. Um, Third... Strengthening your vaginal muscles can actually improve your orgasms. So I was taught by Cosmo when I think I was like 13 or 14. Yeah, I started reading Cosmo when I was really young. Um, But that's a story for another day. Anyway, they taught me that doing your Kegels um, so that you can grip your partner is supposed to increase your partner's pleasure. But no one ever taught me that this could actually also increase my pleasure. So I'm just saying, we got to do better. Um, Anyway, we asked our online community a few questions about their pussies. And here's what they had to say. So the first question is, have you ever had an orgasm? And I'm going to be honest with you, I was really worried about this answer because... Um, I don't know. I didn't have an orgasm the first few years that I started having sex. And I actually, for a moment, like thought I might be inorgasmic. Um, but then I started masturbating and I did have lots of orgasms after that. Um, but I was worried about the answer and 93% of our online community said, hell yes, they have had an orgasm. And the other 7% said no, or they're not sure. And then we also asked our online community, um, are most of their orgasms from vaginal penetrative sex or clitoral stimulation? And 13% said vaginal stimulation or vaginal penetration. And the other 87% said clitoral stimulation. So if you are listening to this, please know you got to play with the click because most of us really like that. um, And it will help to increase our sexual satisfaction. 
I also asked people to just share some tips for how they ensure they get their nuts or they get their orgasm. And here are some of their responses. So first person said, lots of foreplay. We co-sign that. Slow down a little bit. It's not all about the penetration. Suck on some titties. Suck on some thighs. Eat a little pussy. And oh, also kissing if you're into that. <laughs> kissing is good too. Um, second, another person said, uh, I have to use sex toys during sex. I'm still trying to explore coming during oral, which I think is also like totally normal. I think it took me a really long time um, to embrace coming during oral sex because I had to really surrender some things to my partner and not be in my head about some things. And actually, I think like when I started meditating, I would go into almost like a meditative state when someone was eating me out to like make sure that I could come during it. Um, I feel like we'll talk about that on a later episode because I use meditation a lot for having orgasms. But anyway, um, another person said, I have to be with someone I trust. My mind can't be somewhere else. And I feel like I just said that, like being in our heads is one of the most difficult things. Uh, another person shared penetration occurs and she's ready to pop. And I'm so jealous because I wish, I wish I, I haven't had too many vaginal orgasms and the ones I have had have been great, but they've come with a lot of, um, foreplay. And then, um, last person said oral and dirty talk. Mm, Dirty talk is really good. I love to both give and receive. And, um, when I can like have the type of dirty talk where it's almost like giving feedback to each other. I feel like that's a really beautiful uh, sexual space and relationship that I like to live in. Oh, wait, I want to share one more because someone said, uh, but if I tell you exactly how to now, you won't have much to explore later. And that is a little dirty. (laughs) And I just want to give you a shout out for giving me a dirty comment in my Instagram. Thank you for that. Okay, finally, we asked our people on Instagram, um, have you ever been unsure about whether or not you've achieved orgasm? And 33% said, yeah, I'm unsure. And 67% said, pretty clear. And so I want to spend some time talking about like what... It feels like, looks like, sounds like when we as um, clitoris or or vulva and vagina having folks have our orgasms. Anyway, if you want to participate in the conversation, remember Adult Happy Hour happens every Thursday on my Instagram. You can find me by looking up poetry in Tings. That's poetry. And then the letter N and things without the H. Whew, I've been drinking, y'all. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you can find me and um, participate with us every Thursday. And you never know, your answer might be featured on the show. Um, all right. So 
I want to talk a little bit more about vaginal and clitoral orgasms. Um, so as I shared, I started having sex when I was about 17. That's when I lost my virginity. And honestly, the first time I had sex, I didn't really know what was going to happen. But uh, when the guy stuck his penis inside of me, I thought like, wow, this is what sex is. And I don't mean like, wow, in a good way. It was like, interesting. I don't really feel feel too much. Um, but there was very little, I mean, if he's listening to this, I feel like he needs to know that I did not. Cause it was very, it was a very messy, it was just like very little kissing. No, no anything. He just put the condom on and stuck it in and I was wet cause you know, whatever, but it was just like, wow, this is all there is to sex. This is what I've been waiting for. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, enough about him. <laughs> so uh, I think I had my first orgasm about four years later when I started masturbating and exploring the clitoris. And up into that point, as I said before, I thought I was inorgasmic or like didn't have the ability to come. And from talking to other women, I've learned that this is actually like a pretty common mindset. But also, I feel like it's not our fault because when you watch TV and when you watch things like porn, um, that can lead to further confusion because the way that they depict female orgasms is a super hyperbolic and like usually it's from penetration when really as we saw in our poll most women need lots of foreplay and clitoral stimulation in order to come um so here are some things that happen to our pussies when we come um your heart rate might increase your breathing speeds up, your muscles might convulse, you may experience increased wetness in the vaginal area, uh, your brain produces the chemical oxytocin, which is a neural transmitter um, related to the feeling of pleasure. You might have a sudden intense release of tension. Your blood pressure might increase. Um, you may start speaking in tongues or praising God. <laughs> And you may also squirt. And one thing to note is that you may not experience all of these things, um, or you may experience one or two of them at the same time, um, but different people's bodies respond in different ways, and that's okay. I also read a research study that was published by PubMed, um, which said that 86% of lesbian women said that they usually or always orgasm during sex. And that's just another reason why I don't know why I be fucking with these guys, but whatever, that's on me. Anyway, um, this was compared to 66% of bisexual women and 65% of heterosexual women. And there were a few things that this study found about what helped women to more frequently have orgasms or have multiple orgasms, which is always a beautiful beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, so some of the things that are helpful is receiving more oral sex, um, having longer sex, reported higher relationship satisfaction, um, asking for what they want in bed. Oh my 
goodness. It took me so long to be able to ask my partner for what I wanted in bed. And I remember the first time I did it, I was like, is this okay? Are you okay? Are you going to be okay? (laughs) But like, it was fine. And now I'd be in there like, get on your knees. No, I'm just kidding. I don't feel like that, but I am not afraid to say what I want. Anyway, um, another thing that was helpful for women was engaging in sexual texting or calls, um, expressing love during sex, and acting out our sexual fantasies, which we've already gone over, like how important kinks are for sexual exploration. Um, So that doesn't surprise me at all. And then the last thing is just trying new sexual positions. If you have never read the Kama Sutra, (laughs) I'm just going to tell you straight up, like pick that book up, um, find a partner that y'all can just sit with each other in Kama Sutra positions. It is the most intimate, beautiful, spiritual experience and will definitely um, help you to increase intimacy and also hopefully um, bust your nuts, sis. That's all we really want. We just want you to have more orgasms. The other thing that I personally believe can help to increase um, the likelihood of someone having an orgasm if they have a vagina or a clitoris is um, pussy worship. So I want to spend a little bit more time exploring this particular concept of pussy pleasure. Uh, First, let's talk about what pussy worship is. So pussy worship is the act of worshiping the vagina through cunnilingus mostly, but also potentially other forms of sexual intercourse. Um, It upholds the belief that the pussy is like a sacred goddess symbol and um, is potentially a common practice that you might see in BDSM, though my personal belief is that more people should practice it. Um, Also, there's a lot of um, poetry, artwork, um, and literature that that has been written about the act of pussy worship. When I started thinking about this particular topic, I think one of the things that was most powerful is just thinking about how the act of spending time treating someone's uh, genitalia or their their vulva, their clitoris, their vagina as like a really precious, sacred thing that you're willing to adore, affirm, and just be like super excited about. I think... Um, as we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, because um, pleasure, especially in Western cultures, is seen so much from a male-centric view that oftentimes women don't get the opportunity to um, feel like their orgasm, their pleasure, their bodies is like the thing that's center stage. So I think that if you are having sex with someone who has a vagina or a clitoris, it's like a really good opportunity to just create a really wonderful space of comfort and love and adoration that could feel potentially really healing um, and soft and wonderful to someone. There's a few mindsets that I think we should embrace uh, when we are giving or receiving pussy worship. 
first, it's all about the pussy. So if you're giving um, someone pussy worship, remember, like I said, pussies often don't get center stage. And you'll likely be turned on by going down on someone or eating them out or just getting super familiar with them. And that's totally okay. Pussy worship is hot as fuck. But remember that it's not about you. So be mindful and communicate with your partner about doing things like touching yourself or expecting cockplay in return. Um, one thing to note is that sexual acts are not obligatory. And so you should definitely try not to f- make your partner feel like it is um, a pressure for them to return the feeling. When pussy worship is done well, it can have the ability to, again, affirm, empower, and just make your lover feel really good who may not have had someone create that type of space for them. Um, For the receiver, some things that we might want to think about is that it can be really easy for us to get in our heads about the way that our pussy looks, the way it tastes, the way it smells. Um, But consider spending some time with yourself um, before your partner, like looking at your nani. That's what I call the pussy, the nani. Thank you, auntie, for giving me that phrase. (laughs) Um, But look at your nani in the mirror. Um, Consider tasting it yourself smelling your panties and just getting really into how beautiful and sacred your uh your pussy is before your partner goes down on you. Um personally, I love the taste of my own pussy and the scent of it and the thought of like licking it off someone's beard or their face like turns me on to the max. <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> The second um, mindset that I think we should embrace is to take your time and spend time. So if you are the giver, um, don't rush the worship. This is about presence and it's about pleasure. Generally, clit owners need more foreplay to really get the juices flowing and can have multiple orgasms if you stimulate it well. For me, I know that if I come one time before anything's even been inserted, I'll probably come again and again. And maybe if you're really good at what you do, again and again and again. But if you need explicit directions, um, I'm talking like set aside like 30 minutes to like an hour um, or more to really spend some time enjoying the pussy. If you are the receiver, as we think about time, um, don't be afraid to coach your partner in this regard. If there's something you really like that's happening, ask them to spend more time on it. Um, If you want them to slow down or keep a consistent uh, pace because it feels really good, put your sexy voice on and tell them exactly what you want. Feedback is really really liberating. And the person will probably spend even more time when they know that you're really enjoying it. And they'll probably get more turned on too. I'm just saying. Third, um, embrace the surrender and the submission of it all. Um, so pussy worship is an intimate act for both the giver 
and um, the receiver. But if you're the giver, like whether or not you're the one that's submitting and surrendering or you're the one in control, like put that motherfucking pussy on a goddamn pedestal and just really enjoy basking in all of its beauty. <laughs> like just surrender to all of its wonderfulness and do not be afraid to get kinky, to get nasty, just get fucking into it. Um, one day we'll talk about cock worship too, because I think that like that also deserves the same level of attention. Um, but we have a lot of unlearning to do before we get there. So anyway, if you're the receiver and, um, you're thinking about submission, I think one thing to think about is that while coming is really amazing and we all want to come, it's not necess- it doesn't necessarily have to be the goal of the worship. So the goal could be for you to let go enough or get out of your head enough to create a vulnerable space with your partner. Um, or it could be just to experiment with having someone really um, engaging with you sexually in a way that makes you feel really cherished, um, and sacred. And that, and that's a beautiful thing in and of itself. If you come, you know, bonus points to you. And I do, I do like to come, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the goal. Okay. The next thing I want to do is give you some potential, um, advice, if you will, on, uh, how to worship the pussy. And I also want to just note that the advice that I'm going to give you is totally my opinion. Other people might tell you different, but I have spent many years field researching this topic. So here is a step-by-step guide for how to worship the pussy. Step one, start by gazing at it. So get into a position where you feel super comfortable staying for a while and um, one where you can fully see the vulva. And when you get into that position, stare into it and just look at it in awe of all its beauty and wonderful features. When, um, well, one thing I will say is that if someone takes the time to just like stare at your pussy, it's almost like a a hypnotizing experience. Like you will really be sitting there like, wow, I am a bad bitch. My pussy is so good. Holy fuck. Um, so just spend some time just looking at it before you do anything. Um, step two, I would say is to massage the thighs and the outer labia. So use your hands to feel the softness of the skin, rub up and down the thighs, maybe even like sneak your hands around to the butt and give it a little squeeze as you're looking. Um, And don't touch the pussy just yet. Because that like prolonged sensation in that area is one going to like build up the anticipation for both you and the person that you're worshiping. Um, But it also is just going to, you know, just elongate the time that you're spending on it um, before you get into the sacred space. Step three, I would say, is to kiss it. Um, And when I say kiss it, I mean like literally 
make out. So pretend that your partner's labia or their pussy lips are the lips on their face. And softly start by like pecking it and then um, start to use your tongue to part the lips and really play with the clit as you would their tongue. Step four is to talk to it. Um, So all throughout the worship, you should really... (laughs) consider being vocal because that shit is so hot. Um, So like do things like moan, say, "Mm," or even yum as you get into it. Oh my God, this is so dirty. (laughs) Sorry, dad. Sorry, dad. Don't listen to episode five of the podcast. I'm talking about pussy worship. Anyway, so say yum. (laughs) And you can also say things like, I love the way you taste. I love the way you smell. I love the way you feel. I love your pussy. I'm so excited to taste you. This shit is so fucking wet. All of those things, um, anything really that you say, as long as you're not afraid to say it, um, is, yeah, encouraged. Anyway, step five. I I feel like I'm really into step four, but okay, step five. Um, put a finger in or even a toy. So I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but you can literally stimulate the clitoris from the inside as well as the outside. Ugh, the more you know. <laughs> anyway, double, double stimulation, um, f- like hitting the clit from the inside using your fingers or a sex toy while you're licking it on the outside is a sure way to make someone come. I literally have a a sex toy that I talked about, I think in episode three, that has the penetrative vibration and the clit sucker. So we want y'all to do that at the same fucking time. Um, One of the things I would just recommend is to pay attention to how many uh, fingers your partner is comfortable with um, and also like what type of motion excites them. Step six is to tongue that shit down. (laughs) Again, sorry, Dad. Don't listen to this episode. But tongue it down. Anyway, um, this one may seem self-explanatory, but there are a number of different ways you can move your clit to cause different stimuli, or you can move your tongue to cause different stimuli to the vagina. Um, So as you think about varying your tongue motions. I put an infographic in my story so you could see the different type of um, tongue movements that you can use because you know I'm an academic hoe. But uh, what I would say is just pay attention to things like breathing, increased wetness, squirming, moaning, and other signals that tell you that you're on the right track. And if you don't know whether or not you're on the right track, um, just ask your partner. Again, put your sexy voice on and maybe say something like, you like that? Or tell me which way you like it best. Um, and one thing I would just say is that for me personally, and I would, I don't know, maybe other women too, like, I think consistency in the movement is really key. So if you find like a rhythm that you're really into, just keep doing that. You don't got to speed up. You don't got to do too much. Use your fingers. um, But just keep that consistent rhythm so that I can really, like, get into it. And maybe I'll even start to, like, 
grind or ride your face if I'm sitting on top, but like, just let me get into it. That's all I'm saying. Um, and then the last step, step seven is own that shit. So if you're going to worship a pussy, you better fucking make sure that you're into it. Don't do no lackluster shit. Don't be mediocre about it. Like, I want to see your fucking neck bobbing. I want to see your head shaking. I want to hear you spitting. I want to see slurping and hear slurping. I want you to fucking bend my legs behind my head and reach up for my titties. Um, I want all of that. And I think other people would agree with me. Like, just own it. Again, pay attention to your partner. So, as you're owning it, you can really make sure that they're into it as well. Um, but eat the fucking pussy like it's the best meal you've ever tasted and you live for my cum. That's how you worship a pussy. <laughs> All right. So now that I've gotten super excited and maybe just a little bit wet, um, we're going to come to my favorite part of the show, which is pillow talk with Lynn. That's where we get to read some of your responses from online. And remember, you can contribute by going to my Instagram and uh, following along every Thursday. Let's listen to some comments from our listeners. What up, Lynn? Congratulations on the podcast. I love watching people do exactly what they say they're going to do. That shit is a turn on. So keep going with it. Um, as far as sex, I learned a lot through trial and error. Sex was and still is a wild rainforest. But if one, I love feeling my way through. I turned 33 this year. And what I can say about my age as it relates to sex is that the older I get, the more confident I've gotten. So shout out to practice. In terms of religion and my sex life, I never had to factor it in. I do believe in a higher power and a God, but my God is no prude. My God is no Puritan. In fact, she wants me to experience pleasure. Hell, I believe she wants us all to. And a great place for everyone to start is with Lynn's adult happy hour. Peace. Hey, I love how you read that full circle. <laughs> um, Okay, and let's hear from another Hey Lynn, congratulations on the super dope podcast. I am so proud of you that you are taking the, the step and the initiative to have these conversations. I think they are very much needed because I feel like the topic of sex is so taboo, especially when we talk about religion and like social norms and social constructs and all of that. And I feel like women, we don't really have the freedom to be sexually fluid as much as we should. And I feel like that's very, very unfair. Um, as far as me, I was a late bloomer with my group of friends growing up. I was like one of the last ones to lose my virginity and I never thought too much into sex. I just thought it was something that people who love each other do. Um, once I did dive into it, uh, I was really, really like standoffish, but, um, once I learned self-pleasure and I guess, got comfortable with myself that's when it, it became like a pandora's box for me like 
So I feel like once you are comfortable with yourself, all bets are off with everything else. And I feel like everybody needs limits, but I also feel like everybody should, you know, you have to try it once before you can completely say no. <laughs> That's my, um, my take and opinion on it. And as far as like religion and all of that, how that stuff goes, I don't think sex should be saved for marriage. I think that people should be able to do it whenever they want to whoever they want, however they want. And I just think it needs to be more freedom surrounding sex. It isn't something that's sacred. It's something, I mean, it's sacred, but it's not as deep as they make it seem. I just feel like we all should have the power to do who we want whenever we want. And that's just that on it. I really love the idea of um, like exploring on your own before uh like having sex with someone else um because i think like everyone comes differently everyone wants something different so just being able to you know play with yourself and figure out what your triggers are where the the good feelings are like it's just going to make you better able to tell someone else so oh i love that um we also had uh, some people write into us. And um, today I want to share some interesting questions that came up. Um, so um, someone asked me, um, <laughs> someone asked me, is the, is male ejaculation, does it feel the same as when a woman comes? And honestly, I don't fucking know because I don't, have a penis so I've never ejaculated that way but um one I would love to hear from people who have penises like what that experience is like from you because all I know is that you make some really weird faces and then you bust your load on me <laughs> or inside of me but I don't really know how it feels so if you have thoughts on that please let us know I would love to engage in that discourse with you but I think there's two things that are just really different about like male orgasms um, and female orgasms one of which being that um, when a, when um, someone who has a a vagina comes, usually we can have like multiple orgasms and we can have multiple orgasms back to back. Whereas if you have a penis, it might take you a little bit longer to um, recover. You might need a little bit more time in between. And then I think the other thing is that like men, uh, people who have penises, usually like there is a, there's like a liquid that comes out and for um, someone who has a vagina, that's not always the case. So you may um, squirt if you're lucky. Um, I love squirting. I'm jealous of you if you can just do it whenever you want to. But um, you may experience that or it may just feel like increased wetness. Um, there may also not be increased wetness. There may just be like an, an increase in your breathing um, in the tension that you feel and in the release that comes. Um, and that's totally normal for there to be a spectrum in between. Um, someone else wrote in and said, I cannot come and it sucks. I had fun and good sex last night, three times and no come help sis. I'm starting to think I'm bad at sex. Oh, I'm not laughing at you. It's just 
I have been there. I started to think I was bad at sex too. And now I can come multiple times. I Yeah. Yeah. Like I think the max number of times has been like eight times. Um, so it's possible. I say that to say it's possible. But um, initially when um, she wrote in and said this to me, I gave her um, the suggestion of, uh, or I asked her first whether or not she could come from masturbating. And her answer was that she didn't really masturbate. So one, if you haven't had an orgasm from having sex with someone else, really heavily consider just taking a moment to yourself with your fingers or getting a toy that excites you to just explore that area by yourself. It may be that you're like, um, a little in your head about it and not willing to submit to someone else just yet. And it also may be that you need just to spend the time to find out what feels good so that you can help someone else to understand. So that was my advice to her. Um, and she wrote back and said, thanks, love. I bought a new toy um, and read and tried some of the answers from the poll. And after using it, I'm certain that I need clit stimulation for me to get there. And I love that for you. Oh, that's so exciting. Because now that you've been able to achieve that on your own, you're really going to be able to communicate or you're going to start to be able to communicate to other people how to help you get there. Or maybe you'll just continue playing with yourself or maybe you'll do both. And both of those things are great. And I support both of them. And I'm so happy for you. Thanks for letting me know. Um, and then lastly, um, someone wrote in to say another long pause. It's funny, Taylor. This is actually you. <laughs> I'm about to read it because you blew. Okay. <laughs> okay. Someone wrote into, uh, lastly, someone wrote in to say, I've squirted twice and I wasn't having an orgasm. They're two independent things for me. And I wanted to share this because honestly, like this blew my mind. I didn't even know. I didn't, I have only ever squirted from like an orgasm and I didn't know, I didn't know that that could happen for some folks. And there was actually three different people that wrote in to tell me that, um, They've squirted multiple times and it hasn't had anything to do um, even with sexual intercourse. So um, I would love for them to teach me their ways because, again, I think that's a really cool thing to be able to do. Um, and I learned something, which is great. All right. So it's time for my closing thoughts where I have to say goodbye to all of you. But I thank you so much for tuning in. Um, the first thing I'm thinking is I am so fucking horny right now. <laughs> I am going to go home or, um, somewhere else. No, don't say that. I'm going to go home <laughs> and I am going to hopefully get my pussy worshipped if I'm lucky. Um, and if not, I'm definitely going to use my sex toy and pretend that that's what that, what's happening. Um, my other closing thought is that I'm having a hard time focusing on anything else because that's all I can think about right now. Lastly, just want to say, oh, this closing thought is really important. As we started with in the beginning, um, 
there is a lot of ideologies, mindsets, conversations around sex that just reinforce the idea that the most important thing is getting uh, the penis to come or getting the man to feel sexual um, gratification and pleasure. And I really think we need to interrogate this idea um, because sex is a very, should be a very liberating, a very vulnerable, a very um, beautiful, even if I just see you one time type act where both of us can leave feeling good about what's happening. And there are far too often situations, especially for young women that are learning how to navigate the sexual landscape, where that's just not how we feel. And it's not cool, and I don't like it. And I think that we need to create more spaces where we can really start to talk and unpack some of those ideologies and talk about how to please women and understand that like the research has not caught up to like people's experience. So scientists didn't even start looking at the clit as a pleasure center until the 1950s. And like so many humans had lived before then. So it's not our fault that we don't understand it, but it is our responsibility to make sure that we're creating spaces where people do feel good about what they have shared and engaged in um, with us. So please think about prioritizing your partner. Share this episode with someone um, who may have this on their mind or someone that you would want to worship your pussy. Um, (laughs) Whatever the case may be, send it to your auntie if y'all have that kind of relationship. But let's just make sure that we continue having this conversation, that we continue unpacking the power dynamics of sex um, between us and our partners. And um, I will see you guys next week for our season finale of Adult Happy Hour. Before we go, want to give a few shout outs. First off, shout out to our sponsor, Fly Culture. Fly Culture is a platform for creatives securing dope spaces for hard conversation and liberation. Shout out to Rihanna Simone, our engineer, editor, and producer, and my sister in creativity. Last but not least, our theme song, Natural Phenomenon, also produced by Rihanna Simone, featuring the incredible voice of Tim Brielle. You can listen to the full track wherever you listen to your music. Um, And if you want to find, follow, and support us, you can find links to our email, website, and Instagram in the description for our episode. Thank you so much.